listening to the 4-7 Podcast, the podcast where two normal guys interview and reminisce about their favorite Christian artists from the 90s and today. Alright, alright, alright guys. As you guys know, I am Mike and we have RJ here. We are the 4-7 Podcast. You know, as we always say, we're just two normal guys who love music. We can we love talking about old school Christian music, new music, and everything in between. And today, today we have a special guest. We have the lead singer of Loyals, Mr. Dane Allen. How you doing, Dane? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. I'm super excited to have you on. Again, you're the lead singer of uh, Loyals, uh, also uh, another side project, All Right Years. You're also a writer and a singer for various other bands on Tooth and Nail, um, and we'll get into that a little later. So super excited for having you on. Um, how's life been these last couple of months? It's been crazy this year. Very or slow. Last year. Very slow and domestic. <laughs> Just <laughs> home, working, and doing nothing if i'm not working it's just you know everybody's 2020 it's kind of sounds similar yeah i hear you um so we're going to talk a little bit about um your music um kind of how you got into that um and, and kind of where you are now and in the coming year um your your self-titled album came out in uh, 2018 uh, but before we go to that um where are you from how did you get into music in the first place so i'm from tennessee I was born in Knoxville and moved to Crossville, where no one knows where that is, probably. And then moved to Memphis, Tennessee. My dad was a pastor, so he moved us around Tennessee a lot. And then uh, we moved to uh, Lebanon, which is where my family lives now. I got married and moved to Nashville. So nice. that's where I am now. I got I've always wanted to go to Nashville. I tried convincing my wife, hey, baby, we should go to Nashville for our honeymoon. She's like, that's not romantic. I'm like, I'm like listen, <laughs> we can go ahead, go to different concerts every night. And yeah. I'm like, she's like, that's not romantic to me. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Nashville rules. You should totally come on your anniversary. Oh, I would love it. It would be a great trip. So I actually uh, was introduced to your band in Nashville. Um, I went to the Bad Christian Conference uh, back in 2017, I think it was. Um, okay. And you were playing with uh, Emery, uh, As Cities <laughs> Burn, uh, Derek Minor, and King's Kaleidoscope. And, yeah, I remember that. Um, and just to be frank, I didn't know who you were uh, when I when I went there. <laughs> Most people um, didn't, yeah. <laughs> but I was blown away. Um, it nice, was man. really, really good set. Um, I remember it was a set. I think you guys had some issues audio-wise. I think maybe your guitar wasn't coming through. <laughs> yeah. um, and right. it still sounded it totally... really, really good. It was Toby Morell's fault too. Oh, was it? You can, yeah, you can quote me on that. He all right, needed to all right. use my he needed to use my guitar. I remember it because I panicked. Oh, I just didn't know what to do. But he needed to use my tuner during their sound check during Emory's mm -hmm. sound check that day. <laughs> he never plugged it back in. So like we're the first band, right? Like I'm not going back on the stage after we sound check. Like we're just mm -hmm. like cold. Like we open the night. So. Go in the dark to pick up my guitar. Our intro track is playing. And then the first song starts and I don't have guitar. And I just panic. Like, don't know what's happening. I don't know why my guitar is not working. Last I played it, it was on. The amp's on. The pedals are on. And then I remember on the last song, 
that Toby needed to use my tuner. And so, <laughs> I plug it in my guitar for the last song, but you better believe well, I, I made sure he knew it after we played. <laughs> well, I have to admit, I still loved the the, the set. I had not heard those Thanks, songs man. before, and I, I'm into a lot of different kinds of music because obviously you were playing with various genres that night. You had Derek Minor uh, in rap. You had King's Kaleidoscope with an acoustic set, and then you had uh, Emery and Acidies Burns with their more hardcore screamo stuff. And uh, But I thought it fit in really well. Um, and after seeing you live on uh, a bunch of clips on YouTube after that fact, um, you you weren't as happy in this set because of the guitar, but you were uh, <laughs> it, you were very good and your your voice was really good, so I liked it. But dude, it was such a weird night. Like it was a lot of fun. Like we were so honored to be able to play that convention because we obviously we love Bad Christian, we love Emery. They've taken us out a couple times, but it was so weird because my guitar didn't work, and I was just in this like haze. <laughs> like, why is my guitar not working? And then, I don't know what, like, I said something that, like, made this girl on the front row, like, start to heckle me. And she's like, oh, way to, way to go, Dane. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't even remember what I said, to be honest. But she just started heckling me, like, everybody, I don't know. She was just giving me a hard time. And I didn't know what to say to it, and it just threw me off the entire night. So I'm glad. Oh. I'm so glad that somebody like thought that set was good. That makes me well, my so my wife and I became a fan of you guys that night. So That's even awesome. at your even at your worst, you were you made <laughs> some fans. Um, and I'm sorry for heckling you. That was totally oh, good. that was oh, dang it. Um, I have yeah, a really high awesome voice though, when I'm at the show, but um. But anyway, so let's get let's back up a little bit. You, you you're from Tennessee. How did you get into the music scene and actually you know starting to play? Um, my parents were very musical growing up. Like my mom can sing really well. My dad can actually sing really well. But um, I, I've always just like grown up listening to music because my parents always had you know whatever they were listening to on. I think our it was in Memphis. I was like nine years old, eight years old that I really like started loving it and was like, I want to play something, you know, like wasn't old enough to be like, I want to do this for the rest of my life, but knew that I wanted to play. And it's like, mm -hmm. I came upon, started really getting interested in like black gospel music, like a lot of that style because Memphis is like, you know, that's the thing. Like I was listening to Kirk Franklin and mm -hmm. uh, Fred Hammond and uh that just that Rance Allen, that kind of stuff all the time. So it really like piqued my interest. Dane, can I and ask you a quick question? Sure. Kirk Franklin, I've always been puzzled by this. What does he actually do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he writes. I think he writes and and like. Don't disrespect um, Kirk Franklin. Directs, like... <laughs> he directs the choir. Like he directs yeah. like what each part's doing. Oh, and perfect. He, okay. You know, like he'll rap or. Or like yell on top of the choir. See, I, I could be a Kirk Franklin. I could totally. yell. I, I don't know if you could do it as good as Kirk Franklin. I've it, been practicing. <laughs> Kirk Kirk is like the king of being an artist that doesn't sing. That I, it's kind of like Little John, you know, in a way. Totally. Did you just, you just compared I, Kirk Franklin to, to Little, little John. John. To Little John. <laughs> but okay, back. Okay, but let's 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 go back. All right, go go. All right, anyway. So, sure. so you're getting into music. You mentioned your dad and your mom sing. I think they also you you kind of grew up in a church atmosphere too. Um, so I'm gathering that's how you got into some of those bands. Um, but how did the how did the first kind of interaction with playing uh, come about? Um, so I just 
I guess I'll like default the guitar because I listened to um, part of that same phase was this artist named Lincoln Brewster. He's like oh, a yeah. worship leader now. Mm-hmm. Oh, like when he put out his first record, like I just kind of fell in love with his guitar playing and didn't really know why. I just like thought it was sick. So <laughs> I guess then it was like, well, I love this. I, maybe I should play guitar. And then my mom like made me promise that I would learn piano first and because she wanted me to like learn music not just guitar. I took a year or two of piano lessons and, and uh, like whatever I had to do to like be able to start guitar lessons. And then, nice. you know, started learning from a youth pastor, like started learning in the church. And I think that was like 13 years old when I started leading worship and singing with a guitar. Nice. Nice. So what were some of your, as you mentioned, Kirk Franklin and stuff. Now, as you're playing, uh, you know, what are some of your favorites growing up at the time listening to? Um, it, well, I mean, like early on, it was like those kinds of artists in Memphis. And then when we moved to Lebanon, I kind of got introduced to country music, to like regular, like CCM kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, loved the ro- more rock side of things. And, like, uh, when you say more rock styling, who you who you who are you thinking about? Uh, what comes to mind when we first moved to Lebanon was like Hawk Nelson and Sanctus Real and Disciple yeah. for sure. Disciple, I was just listening to Disciple today. Um, their first three records were ridiculous, but dude, anyway. I didn't, I didn't care. I'm friends with all those guys now. They're like, like really, really great friends. So this is funny, but. I did not care about that band until, <laughs> until they released the self-titled record, and that was the one. That was the one that was like, I'm hooked. I'm a that was a good. Fan. That was a very, very good album too. Mm-hmm. Everything else before that was like, I just couldn't care any less about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, just to just to date you a little bit here, what what was the time frame where you were a teenager? Is this like early two thousands, late nineties? Um, so this would have been, yeah, like 2001. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause I started getting into a lot of those Christian rock bands like that we've talked about on this podcast. Emery was one of my favorites growing up still is, yeah. um, spoken, spoken being another one, which was really good to so the nail was where I came across, but same. And it was like later that I just started to discover those bands. Cause I had a friend who was actually used to be in loyal. So his name's Evan Tone. He uh, introduced me to like Emory, to Anne Berlin, to a bunch of these artists, and I nice. fell in love. Uh, just like anything that was like screamo or like hardcore, like he introduced yep. me to, and I just took nice. off with it. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think your first band was, or one of the first bands, Five Smooth Stones. <laughs> uh, you guys have done your homework. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, and I think that was the band that transitioned into Loyals later. Am I correct? No. Okay. All right. All right. I did some of my homework. Although right. I'm still good friends with all those guys, and they would think that's hilarious. They would. They would <laughs> love that. But no. Nice. All right. Well, how'd you get into that? What What was that about? <laughs> Five Smooth Stones, which is yikes on that band name. But uh... <laughs> first of all, where did that band name even come from? <laughs> so. Because I like we came up in the church, like started learning in youth group for the most part. Um, just automatically knew, like after we started playing, that I like wanted to be doing that. 
So we would go and play shows like at churches and stuff on the weekend. And I'm like, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years old, <laughs> like in high school, just like going and playing church shows on the weekend for youth groups, for worship conferences, for that kind of thing with this band called Five New Stones. So that's kind of how I like really learned how to play with a band. Um, but nice. then five minutes, like everybody graduated and it just like, we realized that it wasn't a real band and moved on. But that's funny that you bring up five smooth stones. I've still <laughs> got a hoodie. I've got a hoodie with five smooth stones on it. I love it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so you did music uh, in your teen years a little later. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the transition to, uh, Loyals as it is, or as it was when you got signed to tooth and nail? How did that come all about? Sure. <clears throat> so, um, Let's see here, but it might be worth talking about. We were in a band called Skyhook. Skyhook was like the predecessor to Loyals. Okay. And it was kind of more of the same, like church kind of stuff, but we did like actual shows at clubs and stuff as well. And I would say that's probably what we wanted to be doing, but I don't know. It just worked out that we played camps and conventions, that kind of thing. But um, in that era, Tooth and Nail kind of started taking interest in us for their BEC imprint. Um, their A&R rep, Connor Farley, reached out to us. And it, for whatever reason, it didn't work. And then we started this new thing called Loyals because we love playing clubs and love playing like, you know, like not being tied down to like just songs about Jesus. And um, it kind of like, I don't know why, but Connor reached out like out of nowhere. I was like, what are you guys up to? And we sent him what we were up to. And he was like, yeah, let's sign it. <laughs> let's go. Now, at this time, was it your drummer who left? When you guys went to before, in between Skyhook and in between Loyals, you lost the member, correct? Yeah. Uh, he's still one of my best friends in the world. And Seth, he was our drummer. Uh, yeah. He, okay. he bowed out like once we became Loyals just because... I don't know, he just wasn't into it anymore, which is totally understandable. Now, you got signed to Tooth & Nail, I think it was 2014? Oh, man. That's another long story, but <laughs> I think we I think we signed Tooth. Let's see, when did the, the record came out in 2018? So yeah. I yeah. think we signed to Tooth in 2016. Okay, okay. Now... When Loyals came about, you're now on Tooth and Nail. I think you mentioned it took, I've seen in the past interview, I think you mentioned it took three or four years to actually come up with the Loyals self-title album. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how was that process? Um, you know, was this a straight three to four years or was this working on the side here and there on it? What was that like? It's so hard to remember the timeline because so much happened. But I think the first song for Loyals was well, you're right i think it was written around 2014 and it was just like birthed out of you know it could have even been skyhook at that point we were just trying to figure out what we wanted to do next mm. so we just started writing all these songs like, we probably had like 100 songs written before that record came out like new songs yeah that we had never released before um <clears throat> so then the signing comes along and it's like oh so this is actually like worth doing <laughs> so we did more songs and more songs and then got signed and um like there's only so much of it i can talk about but we had to we had we had a leading member and that caused a lot of problems and it caused like mm. a freeze on the record being able to release like 
I think the record was done in 2017, early 2017, maybe mm-hmm. late 2016. But um, due to that leaving member, we couldn't release it until 2018. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, a lot's been going on for you in the past uh, six, seven years. You got you mentioned before getting married in uh, 2013, and I think that was right before uh, you got signed to Tooth and Nail uh, officially. Um, you know, how has being married changed your perspective of music and life? Uh, well, your priorities change, obviously. Like, if it's just me living by myself, like, with no other responsibilities, like, I'm going to choose music every time, right? Ah, like, the good old days. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe not even the good old days, but that's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, but now, like, I have a family to think about. I now have a, a child on the way that I have to think about. So it definitely changes priorities as far as, like, maybe we won't be able to take a tour where we're getting paid 100 bucks, maybe a show, where you have to drive you know, mm-hmm. 300 bucks worth of gas to get there. Like, this <laughs> doesn't always equal out, you know? So we, we'll have to think about that once yeah. COVID ends and touring becomes a thing again. Yeah, but yeah it definitely how changes did, things. How did you meet your wife? We met when I was 16 years old nice. uh, at a campground that I was working at, and she was just like a, a camp attendee. It was like a, it's a Christian camp. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say she was my counselor. I was like, oh, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> nope. No, nothing like that. <laughs> but like, I'll, we met at that camp and then later, fast forward, you know, eight, nine years after that, we got married at that same campground. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's pretty first, sweet. first wedding to ever happen there. Love that. Very cool. That's awesome. Nice. So, Loyals came out with uh, the album finally in February 2018. Uh, You've mentioned uh, if the album makes you feel something, uh, then we've done our job. Um, What are some of your standouts from that album for yourself? For me, uh, it was Skyline and All Right and Mind Up uh, are ones that I'm listening to quite a bit. Uh, But is there one that stands out? It doesn't have to be a favorite, uh, because I know that would be hard, but what are some standout songs for you that you really like to play? Um, play live. I think probably my favorite right now would be Hold On. And we, we released a single since the record that's also pretty fun to play. But I think if I had to choose one, it'd be Hold On. That's a lot of fun to play. Nice. And that single you're talking about, was that one, I'm Sorry? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, that, yeah I, ju- I just heard that recently. That's a really, really okay. good one, too. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, so I was introduced to your band, uh, during the bad Christian conference in 2017, uh, in Nashville. So I want to talk a little bit about that. How'd you get connected with the bad Christian conference and, and being able to play with, I think that was the return of as cities burn. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Uh, so we had been on the road with Emery, I think once, I'm sorry if my dog's barking, let me put it in my uh, so we've been on the road with Emory for a tour before that conference. And I think it ended like maybe just a month before it. Mm-hmm. And we heard that they were looking for, they were they were gearing up for that conference and maybe they had a band drop or something. So we just reached out to them like, hey, we're bad Christian fans. Obviously, you know us from tour. Let us play it. We live in Nashville. <laughs> and they eventually were like, yeah, let's do it. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then nice. As City, like, as that was the first time I'd seen As Cities play, and that was pretty cool. That was a cool show. 
That's cool. Yeah. Now, were you able to be a part of, were you, did you attend any of the actual conference or was it the concert only for you? No, it was just the concert. Nice. We well, I was there for, for the, yeah, I was there for the majority of it. I really liked it. I mean, they do some really cool stuff. Um, so it was really cool to see. And then that concert was very all over the place for genres and I loved it. I loved being able to see, you know, the harder That's stuff. so fun, awesome. right? Yeah. But like, it makes me think of that Little Wayne Blink uh, tour that got put together. Like, <laughs> if you listen to Blink, like you were probably listening to Little Wayne same in that same era. So that That's show true. is so cool. Like, it may not be all the same genre, but who cares if you like all the bands all the artists that are playing that's sick yeah i just went to a concert in february right before it, the 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 covid stuff hit and it was spoken headlining and like 15 bands before spoken were all screamo bands and i love screamo <laughs> but by the time spoken was playing i couldn't even hear them um so i like i liked being able to hear kind of the rapping the acoustic stuff the pop stuff the, you yeah know, man um so it, was, it was a really cool show um awesome. nashville also, my first time in Nashville. What are your thoughts on Nashville? Living in Nashville, what, you have any favorite things in Nashville? I love Nashville. You know, it's it's pretty much home at this point. I didn't grow up the entire time living here in Nashville, but it's where we live now. Um, I honestly, like, <laughs> outside of, like, work, I'm not downtown a whole lot. Like, I used to work at TPAC downtown. It was, like, the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. But then COVID happened, and now I don't work there anymore because there's no shows happening. But, like, these days, it's just pretty much just stay home after work. And, you know, that's a whole other story. But I like – what I love about downtown Nashville is it's not super pretentious most of the time. Like, for, like most of the time, you're going to see a bunch of – people just trying to have a good time on Broadway and like maybe some people that are trying to go out to eat with their family. And like, you might see Keith Urban amongst that crowd. <laughs> like that's, that's a pretty cool, like nobody's like trying super hard to find celebrities or whatever it is. Like celeb, like people like Keith Urban status can just hang out in downtown and they find, I think that's, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, it was nice to be able to walk around and see. I So I didn't want to go to Nashville originally because I thought it was just going to be uh, country bars. And when I went, I was really surprised to see the different genres of music in those bars, you know, as we were walking down. And sure. um, and mm -hmm. the fact that you could hear music literally from like 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. It doesn't next, stop, man. Um, in the season, yeah, it doesn't stop. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it was, it, but it was a lot of fun. And I did see, I did see one um, celebrity there, uh, Todd Chrisley who is like some reality star. Um, I remember seeing him there, but that was about it. But Okay, that's um, cool. You got to see somebody. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, so outside of this debut album that you have, you have a lot of credits uh, for writing and singing on other records too. Uh, Cutlass um, on their Alpha Omega album, The Protest, uh, Anthem Lights, Spoken. Um, you did singing on Matthew West um, and Disciple. Um, tell us a little bit about how did you get into doing all of these different varying uh, credits here and there? Um, well, I mean, probably most of those connections are through, like, Tooth and Nail or people that I've met along the way, just, like, doing Loyals or Skyhook. I got a connection mainly with the Disciple guys because they needed a bassist and, you know, I got recommended by a producer friend and it just happened. And now we're really good friends. But, you know, it just takes, like... A, people knowing what you want to do. And then B, 
you showing them what you're you at least you think you're good at <laughs> and then being like yeah let's do it let's write a song or yeah come sing on my record or whatever it is so you know i think it just kind of naturally progresses more than like a i call matthew west and and like hey let me sing on your record you know it, it didn't happen like that i don't think it does happen like that What's it like writing for others versus your own band? What are some of the differences you see when you do that? Well, it's a lot of fun. I'm not, I've never been really good at only writing one style. I've always like just kind of naturally wanted to write different things. I've never been good at like making a record that sounds like one genre. <laughs> you know, it's always like a struggle to kind of hone it in to make it sound like one consistent thing, but. Uh, I think writing for another artist kind of allows you to step outside of what's super important to you and like understand what's super important to them and then working together to make something that's like outside of yourself. Like if I'm writing for a loyal song, it's like way more pressure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like I need to like say exactly what I want to say and then it has to be a good enough song for that we want to cut it. And if it does, if it does get cut, will we ever play it live? And I have to think about like what he. It's just so much to think about, which is fine and it's cool and fun in its own respect. But writing for another artist, it kind of takes that weight off of you, and you're able to just kind of write what the artist wants to write. Mm. Like, well, let's do, let's say what you want to say. Let's put a song together that's cool that we both love. But I don't have to perform it. <laughs> Like, I'm, I don't have to think about all those extra things. It is really fun. Now, nice. now, now, Dane, when you write music for other artists, are you writing it? Are you writing the lyrics and the actual tune? Or do you guys combine on the lyrics? Cause, or do you guys combine on the... So what, do you, what, is the, what is that process? I would say it's probably different per song. But if, like, the more... Um, the way it usually happens in Nashville, at least, is somebody will reach out on behalf of a band or an artist will reach out and say, hey, I need songs. I need to cut songs. Like, let's write because I need more to pick from. And so we'll, you know, set up a day. And right now it's looks more like a Skype session. Hmm. But uh, or we'll meet in person and, you know, take a few hours to finish the song. And then it'll get demoed, and then maybe they'll cut it. <laughs> nice. So um, one of those things that you ended up doing was uh, a Christmas medley with uh, yeah. Prince. Um, so up until I heard that video, which I just heard it about a month ago um, because of our interview with uh, Josiah, um, Copeland uh, has a Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas song um, that is my okay. favorite. I play it every year. Uh, you have taken the place of my my top Christmas song of all time. Yes. Um, so Eat it, it is, Copeland. It is so good. Eat it. It is so good. <laughs> um, it is so good. I, I loved it. And then from there, you guys ended up um, doing a full length album uh, with uh, with the the name All Right Years. How did that come about? Um, that style to me. Um, isn't a stretch for you uh, at all, but it definitely was a, a, a new sound. Um, how did that come about? Well, uh, me and Josie are just good friends and like making music together. So uh, we have another friend who works for a company called Soundstripe. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, his name's Matt Arcane. He He's produced a lot of the Loyal stuff. Hey, he produced that record, that first record. But uh, he works for Soundstripe. And I, I, he presented Josie, I think, the idea of like doing a pop punk record. And um, I've sang on a lot of the Disciple stuff on like the last record and um, Long Live the Rebels. So like they've, I don't know, like Josie just heard me sing before. So he reached out to me like, hey, would you want to sing this stuff? So we did a record together. <laughs> and it, was, it was a lot of fun. Like probably some of the most fun I've ever had working on music. Nice. It was just like another situation of like there's no pressure. Like we were just having fun. Like I was all I knew exactly how I was gonna sing each day. It was just belt it as hard as possible. And uh it was so I was so nervous like at first because I don't sing like that anymore. You know, like it's been so long since I've scream sing or like done like rock vocals as like a lead voice. And so I <laughs> We had the first song like queued up and I was like, Josie, like you have to tell me if this sucks because I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> and if it, if it sucks, let me know and I'll change whatever I need to change. But it was like one take, like went for it. And Josie's like, oh yeah, the rules. <laughs> it was like, all right, that's how we're doing the whole record. And it was nice. so fun, man. It was so fast. I think we did the whole record in two weeks. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, it's, and it seems to be doing really well um, on Spotify. I was just on there today, um, and it's a good album. I really like it, and again, it's Thanks, man. it's not too big of a stretch for you. Uh, maybe more on his end, uh, if you know him from Disciple, um, but it was uh, it was a really cool cool album. He told us a little bit about, about his thoughts on the on the podcast, too. Um, so that was really cool. Other than that, it's been a, um, a quiet year um, yeah. on social media, at least. Uh, maybe not in your life, um, but... Uh, yeah, on social media, but you guys still have over seven hundred thousand streams on Spotify for for the Loyals album. Um, it's doing a lot, um, and I'm listening to it more and more this year. Maybe I'm listening to more music this year just because I'm at home so much. But um, yeah. anything else um, happened this year outside of that? I know Loyals kind of came back on the social media scene uh, in about June or so, and you guys have been pretty frequent since then. Yeah. Why, we, why? Why was what? What was the uh, silence on social media? Were you guys trying to figure things out? Were you guys? So man, there's a lot that happened. Um, maybe it wasn't a lot. We just had to deal with a lot. We had to work through a lot. Um, so I think it was 2018, 2019. Man, it had to have been 2018. We we lost uh, our our best friend and tour manager uh and so he was like one of those people that i've grown up with like since i was a kid and do you mean do you mean mean pass away or yeah he took his own life i'm sorry i'm sorry Sorry. and uh, it was like one of those situations that like rocked all of us like band friend group immediate friend group family like it was rough Hmm. um so it was just so much Like there was no doing anything after that happened. We did. I think we did a, we did a couple tours, in like that year, and that was pretty much all we could handle. Like the anxiety through the roof. Like just a lot to mentally deal with. So that that is probably why we went away for so long. Like on socials, like it just wasn't important because we we're at home dealing with. Man, our friend just died. <laughs> like. 
he's not like we don't have a tour manager anymore you know what I mean? like, there's so much to wade through mm-hmm. and um yeah it's like i think june-ish like you said last year that we kind of started getting near completion on some new music for loyals like i've been writing ever since we put out the first record but as far as like working with a producer on new stuff you know that's starting to happen like was starting to happen at that point last year so that that's probably the reason for the media blackout from us now dane i remember before we um before we came on i remember we were talking about your faith and things of that nature um you don't have to go into too deep but just wanted to kind of ask you a question your best friend was taken from this earth does that have did that start or have a role into where you are today with your faith um because I, I was thinking oh, yeah. when we started doing this like you remember you're saying that you, know, you are you are a pastor's kid you were in tennessee you were in the bible belt you grew up listening to christian music you uh, you considered yourself a christian for a long time and then when we were talking about the music and you said well it's really complicated to say for a christian band did this mindset start about your faith or when you lost your friend yeah so like loyals just kind of came out of the gate knowing that we didn't want to be put into this hole right like you hear it all the time like a band doesn't want to be just a christian band we just want to make music we wanted to have that set up from the get-go so we we knew we were on two nails and we'd have questions and that's fine like we didn't want to like ever be the band that was just playing youth groups every night because it doesn't feel very real so that from the get-go was the the stance but then unrelated yeah like to answer your question yeah of course like weston's death was it rocked me personally as far as what i thought about god what what i thought about how much he cares Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh you know, it's, it's a lot to deal with, a lot of questions to deal with that I had never asked myself before. Hmm. And so here, standing here like <clears throat> two and a half years later, it's a come down a long road with that, a lot of therapy, a lot of, uh, I guess you could say like Christian therapy, a lot of just regular therapy and like trying to wade through those answers to get to a better place. Um, but yeah, if somebody, if that ever happens, like it definitely brings up some questions. Yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up, uh, you know, therapy and all of that deal. I mean, it's such a, it's not normalized in, in a lot of circles, especially in the church. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I go, I've gone myself, I go, you know, uh, as, as late as last year. Um, it's, it's super important, you know, in a normal basis, never mind going through what you had gone through um you know with the death of a friend um so close um so that's good to hear yeah man it's been i can honestly say like i'm in a way better place now and you asked me before we started the the interview like would you consider yourself a christian and i I would say at this point no if you if you like made me answer the question then it's no but i have hope and like i i recognize that I don't like having to say that. Yeah. I don't I don't want to have to say no. But if I'm being honest, like my 
I always grew up like, don't take communion unless you know you're right with God, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know like the, the theological accuracy of that, whatever, I don't really care. But <laughs> I do want to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say like, well, you know, like I want to be, but I don't know. Like, I, yeah, if you had, if you made me answer this, no. But I, I want to be in a better place with God. I think mm-hmm. he is, I know that he's real. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of, when Weston died, it made me wonder if I liked God. Yeah. It made me wonder if I like what he's all about. So I guess the question is, are you open? Are you at the point now where um, you're open to that? You believe in God, but are you open to finding out more of... I don't want to say if he's real or not, because you just said you think he's real, but are you open to the fact of the more of rebuilding a relationship with God in time. Yeah. And I, I've been trying to do that. Yeah. It's been, it's been a lot of different processes for me, like to get to this place today. But, um, I, I think, um, you can focus on a problem. Well, let's just relate it to songs because it really rings true with the song analogy for me. You can sit and like be stumped on a line in a song for hours and never be able to get something good. Sometimes it takes just like walking out of the room, forgetting about it, and then coming back and you, oh, that's, I've got it. <laughs> Aha. Yeah. So there's been a lot of focus on why can't I just get over this? Why, why can't I reconcile what happened with my best friend with my relationship with God? And, I, you know, there's so many like points that have been made, like people talking with me, like, like taking time out of their day to just sit with me and be like, all right, let's go through your questions. Like, I want to help you. It's been so many of those conversations to lead me to where I'm now. And so much focused time on that question of I'm stumped on this line. I'm stumped on this. How do I get past this? I kind of like got to a point. <clears throat> there was a meeting with my like longtime pastor and mentor and friend. And uh, we were just working on it like every week, right? And it got yeah. to the point where it was like, man, I, I don't know how much this is helping anymore. I feel like I just need to go away from it and then like like forget about it, kind of focus on something else and then come back to the conversation. And I feel like that's where I'm getting back to now at this point in time in 2021. I give you credit and I'll tell you this, you know, um, most Christians are not honest. Most Christians will believe in something without actually believing in it. They use it more as a badge on their chest. Mm. And I think, I'm, I'm using my words carefully here because I, I, don't, I don't want to misrepresent what I'm saying. Sure. I, I think, I believe God allows us to go through, through things for a specific reasons. I'm thinking of James chapter 1. But I also understand that Sometimes we need to go through the valleys to to really get to almost like the promised land, quote unquote. And I think what you're going through is probably it is it's extremely difficult. And I commend you actually, and I mean this in a respectful way. Most people give up. Sure. But you're but you're really trying to. Um, find what the answer it is. 
And God is not trying to find, sometimes trying to find the answer to what God's trying to give you is not like me asking you a question, you just responding. It's a, it's, it is a gut-wrenching, heartbreaking confusion sometimes. And I give you credit. I think it's awesome that you're not calling yourself a Christian, but you're like, you know something? I really believe in God. I'm trying to find the answer. And at the end of this, I'm hoping I get an answer. Yeah, totally. And I, that's where I'm at. Like I, it, God has always been such a big part of my life. Like ever since I was born, you know what I mean? Like dad was a pastor from the moment I was born to now. Like he still preaches at churches, but it's, it's one thing to grow up in that and like, just like, let that be your safety net. And this is my network of people that are all in church and I don't ever have to really think about it. It's just always there. Yeah. So like now <laughs> I have something that I have to process mm-hmm. something that I don't like about God. Like God, you let this, like that's, that's the whole thing for me is like, God, why did you let Wesson kill himself? Mm-hmm. Why did you let him do it? This is somebody who has served you, has like served in the church with, like with, alongside me for you. And like, you just let him get to a point where he's, you know, he thought that was a good idea. And mm-hmm. I, it's, that's been the question for years for me, right? And it never really mattered. It doesn't matter to him somebody that's hurting like that, somebody who's feeling that pain, that anger, that denial, whatever it is, like you can give them all the logical explanations you want, but it doesn't really matter. Like I wasn't going to hear it. So that's what I mean when like, I just kind of had to take a step back and be like, I'm hearing logic. I recognize that. I believe in God. I even believe that, I even believe that God healed me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I had a tumor in my wrist and, it miraculously disappeared. I still yeah. believe that God did that to this day. I don't know why, but he did it. And so it hurts me when I see a friend that's suffering <laughs> so bad that he thinks he's got to end it. It hurts me to think that, okay, God, you've saved me. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, what's the difference? And then not getting an answer for that is just infuriating. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a process of like trying to seek wisdom on that, trying to seek logic on that. And it's been really good. But at the same time, I'm stumped on it or I have been stumped on it. So I just need to take the time to step away for a second. Has going through this affected your relationships? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, big time. Every relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. Cuz I I always think about this because it's not uncommon, and I find a lot of Christian artists. Um, I think of Mike Mike um, Herrera from MXPX. Um, I think of other. I, mean, I can't think of Ted, but there's a bunch of people I've known of or have talked to, and they also have you know walked away. And I've always wondered how is their relationship? Like how is how does it affect? Like if if you're married in in that marriage. You said, I love Jesus. We're going to get married. And all of a sudden, you're like, you know, honey, I don't know if I'm a Christian anymore. Like, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, 
and it's definitely something that me and Emily have had to walk through together. And just to commend Emily, she's been so great about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely like worried, definitely like concerned for me, but also giving me the space to like figure it out. It, you know, awesome. she's been really great about that. I, and I, honestly, I, like yeah. so many of my friends have been great about that. To be honest, this is where you find out who your true friends are. Mm-hmm. Well, I consider myself lucky. I've got a lot of really, really great friends. People that yeah. see me be person and like will call me out on it, but will also love me through it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel really lucky to have those people around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think keeping open the dialogue is really, you know, the way to go. And I think I'm really happy that that it seems as though our generation has really allowed for that. You know, I grew up in the church, too, and you didn't talk about those things when I was a teenager. You know, you didn't talk about those things even when I was in my 20s. But I have friends, too, that, that we can talk about those things. We can talk about doubts. We can talk about what's going on in 2020 and, and what's going on in um, in our country. And so it's, it's really cool that I think if, if you can keep that dialogue going, it's always going to be uh, healthy and, and refreshing. But. I think the biggest problem, I was going to make this right now because you just said it. I think the biggest problem with our church right now is they're more willing to talk about politics on Facebook rather than talk about what rather what they're really what's really going on in their own lives. You know what I mean? Well, so many, I think it's pretty so, telling in a lot of yeah. cases what's going on in their lives. Yeah, because so many <laughs> like my biggest thing with the church is the church always puts on a front, like where we got it, we have it all together. But I was just talking to my pastor the other day. Is like we're a church. The church is a place full of broken people who don't have it together, and sometimes they're the worst of the worst. And until we get real, like you're doing, we're never going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that has been kind of freeing about the whole experience. I, I I work at a church as a tech director. I was a worship leader, like music director, but I kind of stepped away from that just to handle through this whole thing, like handle just the AV side of things. Cause it was pretty painful to like <laughs> sing worship songs to God when I was having this, you know, having trouble with God mm-hmm. in general. But um, and my church has been so cool to like, and that's part of the relationships I'm talking about. Like my, my pastor and, and good friend for so many years since I was 12 years old, being able to hear me say what I'm saying to you and like give me the space that I need to process it and like being willing to meet with me and talk about it. And like, it's, it takes so much to take so much from somebody willing to do that. It would be really easy for my, my friend to like fire me. Oh, you Mm. don't, you, you don't love God, but he didn't Mm. do that. He gave me the space and it's still giving me the space to figure it out. And he's helping me. And I think that's really cool. Now, as far as like pointing the finger at everybody on social media or whatever it is, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The church is full of broken people. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm one of them, and it's been really freeing to like step away from that, take a step yeah. back, and be like, I don't have to worry about putting on a face anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody knows what I'm dealing with. So why would I try to hide it? Why would I try to smile at you if I don't feel like smiling at you? Why would I try to like say, well, have a good day, brother. Like I remember, man, I remember 
like right after Weston died. I, there was a situation at a church where I was like leading worship and I broke down and like was like crying on stage and could not continue. <laughs> I couldn't get through the set, right? And then I had somebody come up to me at that church and they were like, I really loved your brokenness. I really loved like how you let the spirit move through you on stage. And I totally understand that response. I've, I grew up in Pentecostal church and know, you know, seen a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> so that question or that, that like comment doesn't bother me. But when I said to that person, man, I appreciate that. That's not what happened. Like that, what you, what you saw was not that, uh, you know, I'm dealing with this. And that, that person, I'm trying to be very vague about who it was or where was that, but that person looked at me like offended mm-hmm. that I would like contradict the blessing that they thought they were giving me. I was like, dude, I'm just trying to be real with you. Like, what, you're mad? Are you kidding me? See, and that's I, the kind of thing that uh, I think we've got to get over. That makes me shake my head because so many times Christian. Okay, there's a verse in the Bible I, I tell my kid. It's literally my favorite verse. It says, For Christ did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So many people in the church are just waiting to serve themselves. Like that person was wanting to serve themselves by because they wanted to be gratified by what you they thought or perceived your brokenness from. And as soon as you say, well, that's not the reason, it's almost like, okay, I can't be served, I'm out. Like... <laughs> We yeah. need to be as a church. The DC Talk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this down. They said it best in one of their songs. The biggest cause of atheism today is Christians. Dude, bring it. That's yeah, great. You know what I mean? Christians really need to understand. It's not about us. It's about serving other people, mm. and. <clears throat> If we're only trying to get something out of it for us, we miss the whole mark of who Jesus actually is. Yeah. And like to be to be fair, like that person was coming to me in a really hard time. And I, yeah. pr- I probably didn't respond in the best way. So yeah. I want the more I and I only say the more I see people in our current political situation, like the more I see people like on radical left, radical right, mm-hmm. whatever it is, freaking out on other people because of something that they don't like, like the more I'm, I do get aggravated at that. I do get aggravated when I see something that I don't agree with, sure. But at the same time, I know, man, there was a time when I was a really rational person <laughs> because of something that had happened. I don't want to ever be the guy that points the finger at somebody else and says, you're stupid because I don't like what you're saying, or you're not a good person because I don't like what you're saying. I am the bad person. I am the person that was irrational in a time that nobody understood. So it's hard for me to look at the guy that came up to me after that church service now and be like, I don't like, I have to forgive him. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. hard. And it was for sure hard at the time. But, you know, I, I just, my thinking now is like, of course he reacted that way. And there's a hundred other examples of where I reacted poorly to somebody else. 
for a person who doesn't consider himself a Christian right now, that's probably the most Christian thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's great that, that, that we're talking about... I think, you know, I think, I think fact- that was an awesome response. I, I love that response. Yeah. I think it's great that we're talking about how you know we're you're, you're still have that open dialogue and you still have those friends and that church to support you through your questioning and and your 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 doubting or your um, kind of thinking about about those things that you may not have thought about in the past. So I think that's a really positive thing. So, well, and like I said, it's a, it's an ongoing venture, right? Like <laughs> not not where I want to be, or not where in a place where like I feel like I'm good, but. Uh, I'm definitely in a better place now than I was two years ago. Definitely a happier place. I was talking with my wife about that the other day. Like it's so much crazy. So many crazy things are happening in our world right now. And there's a lot to be sad about. And I am sad about those things, but me as a person, like it almost sounds selfish to say, because there are so many bad things happening, but me as a person way happier. Like I can only say that maybe that's God. I don't know. It's a lot of time for sure to deal with, but I feel like I'm in a healthier place for sure these days. Nice. And it's worth like getting healthier. For sure. It's been how, a, it's, oh, sorry. Mike. I want to ask a question. So how does this mindset or place that you've come, how does it affect your, does, does it affect your record? deal with tooth and nail does it a does it a does it play into it at all or how do you mean um me rj and i were talking earlier does tooth and nail like do they do they have like i know some labels that are very very christian they have various policies where you have to be christian and this and this and this like no no uh, as far as i know (laughs) good that's awesome (laughs) he finds out tonight Yeah, Tooth and Nail has been, you know, I don't know that they've ever, like, talked about us as, like, a faith thing. I don't know that that's ever been a conversation. I know plenty of Tooth and Nail artists that wouldn't call themselves Christian, like, as an entity or whatever. But, yeah, short answer, no. (laughs) Nice. But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been been a, a crazy two or three years to say the least for you. And I think for, for everyone in 2020, um, you're back now over the summer. Um, and you had mentioned it's down to, uh, just you and, um, Andrew, right? Yeah. It's, we're a duo. And we, like okay. on tour, we have a band, but as far as yeah, like, yeah. who's writing and producing the songs and make it, like making them happen. It's just me and Gomi. Nice. So with that being said and going into 2021, what are your hopes for 2021? Do you have any plans for uh, an upcoming album or a tour? Um, what are you hoping to to see in 2021? <laughs> I wish I had something to say, but honestly, we're everybody's just kind of like waiting for touring to come back. Uh, mm. We do expect to release music this year. I don't yes. even that is like drastically slowed down by COVID or at least it was in 2020. It's hard to get people in a room together when there's a pandemic happening, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we're, we're doing our best to get music out. We have songs that are done and 
like in the final stages of being released, but we don't have a date yet. Nice. Lots. Well, I mean, that's good to hear. And, and I think we talked about this prior. You're coming into a new year uh, with a new addition to. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Having a baby boy. Wyatt nice. Cooper Allen. Very cool. Very congratulations. Uh, March is a great month. I was born on St. Patrick's Day. Hey. And I'm having a baby in March as well. So that's awesome, we... man. Congratulations to you. Thank you. It definitely changes things. I, as he said before, I'm on number four coming Woo! up in March, so so it's a it's a bit oh, much. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's don't let anyone fool you. It's it's um after one, it just gets crazier. Like it's but <laughs> but but, but two, three, that. four. It, to me, they're it's all the same. Two, three, four. There's they're all oh, crazy. Okay. I honestly can't wait, man. We're we're both so excited to have him here. That's great. That's great. And and it's a good year. It's going to be a good year. Um, I, I don't think we have too much more that we wanted to cover. We're reaching that hour mark like we normally do on our podcast. I do have to say a shout out from Matt from Spoken. He just hit me up. He said he loves you um, and wanted to let you know from Texas that he was listening in. So, Is Matt, uh, Matt from Spoken? Yes. Mm-hmm. In Texas. Is he on the road right now? That's he weird. is driving home from Texas currently right now. Oh, yeah. okay. Yep, he oh, is. I love Matt back too. Home. I actually yeah, played with Spoken dude. for a little short leg of a tour once, and it was a blast. Oh, nice! That was one of my that was one of my first entries into like Christian rock that I I didn't know you could scream Jesus's name until <laughs> until Bro, he came around. And so. he has a voice like no one else. Ooh, his voice is my favorite of all time. He was actually our first podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, Matt's great. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Well, hey, again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being honest and real. Uh, this is a podcast where not only we talk about music and tooth and nail bands and things like that, but we also talk a little bit about faith, no matter where it is. Um, so I really thank you for being open and honest with that. I know that's going to help a ton of people um, who may listen to the podcast um, because we're all dealing with, I think, a little bit of that throughout this past year or two, for sure. I know a ton of people um, you know, that are dealing with with certain things like that, too. So I appreciate it. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing that new music from you. Thanks, man. And thank you guys again for having me on. It was a blast. Like I said, it's just a lot of fun to be able to talk about music hmm. in a year that like <laughs> haven't had that much music happening. Thank you again. Yeah. Well, hey, if you don't mind staying on after we end the broadcast, but otherwise, thank you again for coming on. This is uh, Dane Allen from uh, Loyals and uh, All Right Years. So check them both out on Spotify. Um, and uh, we thank you for joining us on the 4-7 podcast. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. See ya. See ya.